You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Today, I'm excited to welcome Marina Phillips to chat about making large events a comfortable, enjoyable occasion for the whole family, even with small children in tow. Marina Phillips, mom, wife, visionary, is the founder of Baby Station. Prior to having her son, she was always out at festivals, concerts, plays, restaurants, and more. When she gave birth, she didn't want to stop having fun. Outdoor festivals are still fun with a small child and hubby. They were out one day at a park and she casually started nursing her son and then her husband changed his diaper after his feeding. She noticed something though. It was hot outside and there were a lot of parents like them who were struggling with multiple bags, nursing covers and baby trash bags for the diapers. Fast forward to another outing, one of those explosive diapers parents and grandparents know. They had no more diapers. Frantically asking around, but no one had a child as small as they had, so they had to leave the event and purchase new diapers. After contemplating the pros and cons, weighing various options and dreaming of a best-case scenario, Marina came up with Baby Station. They welcome moms, dads, grandparents and caregivers to use their services. Marina firmly believes it genuinely does take a village to raise a child. She wants to do her part and allow parents to enjoy parenthood with the support of like-minded parents and the community. Welcome, Marina. Thank you for joining us today. To start us off, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background beyond the bio. What brought you to starting Baby Station? I believe you've been running the company eight years now, have you not? It's it, yeah. It's been it's been who it's been a while. So. I officially started when my son was over a year old, so it's almost um, almost eight years. But I just incorporated it in uh, 2019, and I always knew that even though I'm corporate Canada, very career minded woman, I wanted to make sure that when I had my son, everything that I did do um, reflected taking the time to be present. So for me, that included, you know, um, breastfeeding, that included making sure that, you know, we were out and about and things like that. And I noticed the lack of safe spaces for some women to be able to nurse, feed or change their kids when they were out. And that's how the business started. And um, it, it, it worked out well. I mean, again, it was really and truly because I was always out. We used to pack my son up and we used to go to festivals and events and all these fun things. But I realized that we were not we were not honoring mothers properly. And so I wanted to do my part in doing that. Fantastic. So if you can tell us what um, Baby Station does, what do you do to help these mothers? So the the premise is very simple. It's that when you go to an event, whether it be indoor, outdoor, that is built family friendly because there's a difference. There's events and then there's the ones that say, hey, we're family friendly. Well, family friendly shouldn't just mean that you could go and buy, you know, um, cotton candy or that the kids can go on a bouncy castle. To me, it means that you can bring your whole family and you can stay there, whether it be for an hour, two hours or the whole day. So what Baby Station does is if a mom is nursing um, or she needs to bottle feed her child or parents need to change diapers, 
there is a safe, comfortable, and I like to say posh space um, to do so. Um, it's a, it's a, I call it a lounge. Um, it is a tented area that it can withstand, and it has withstood thunder, rain, snow, um, and sun. Awesome. That you can go in, you can go in and sit taste. down. Yes, you can go in and sit down. I've got comfortable seating. I've got nice scent, uh, scented, um, but very environmentally friendly scents. Um, you can sit down and you can um, nurse your child. Um, there, I have room for about six moms to sit down and feed um, or nurse. And then I sometimes have a separate tent um, with two tables that I can have about maybe four parents changing diapers. <clears throat> so if mom needs to, to feed and then do a diaper change after or vice versa, you can do so. What I did also is because as parents, we have so much going on in our brain. If you forget a diaper or forget a wipe, I provide free wipes, free diapers. Um, before COVID happened, um, hand sanitizer for after you're finished. I have um, towels um, in the summertime that are cool towels that moms can wipe themselves off. Dads can wipe themselves off. If you want to wipe your baby down that have very nice um, uh very naturopathic um, scent again to it, like lavender and all that kind of nice stuff. Um, as well as what else do I provide? Uh, in the if it's cooler weather, it's a more of a warmer towel. But just to make the experience that we honor you, we we value you, we want to protect you and and in, envelope you in love um, and motherhood, parenthood caregivinghood, um, so that parents feel um, that when they come out, they don't have to worry that they have to leave because they've forgotten anything or there isn't a space that they can feed or change their kids at this event. And I will say this too, I've also made sure that my space is accessibility friendly. So people seem to forget that a porta potty, even though the porta potty is designed for, you know, a wheelchair, Standing in a porta potty is the worst thing already. So the the thought that a parent that may have a child in a wheelchair that needs to maybe get a diaper change, so the child may not be a toddler, it might be you know nine, ten, eleven, whatever. I have the parent bring the child into the, um, the the lounge. I can close the curtains, and what can happen is they can change them on the table or whatever is comfortable for them. I make sure that we we um, cater to our um, our access our are folks that have accessibility issues and needs as well. Absolutely phenomenal. That really does sound like a great service. So um, who would bring you into the events? Do you work with the organizers or mm -hmm. how does it work? Yes. Yeah, so it would be um, either the event producer, the event planner. Um, they would, I would either approach them or they would approach me and say, hey, this is what we're doing. And I would um, work out logistics with them. Like, you know, what kind of space can you provide to me? Because I have tents that are 10 by 10, 10 by 15, 10 by 20. I can make it a village if I needed to. I, I can do whatever with the space that I'm provided with. But generally it's with event planners or event organizers and they'll hire me to come in and uh, provide the service to parents, which is, by the way, free to all parents um, or caregivers that are using it. I don't charge them anything because I don't think that that should be an expense that should be coming out of their pocket. They should be able to come to an event. Everything is, you know, basically provided to them and for them. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, you are truly an entrepreneur. You've got the, the full supply chain and the assets <laughs> and the 
the whole meal deal. How long does it take you to get set up for an event, assuming a so, smaller one? So right now, um, my husband, I love him, honey, I love you, is the one that helps to set up. Um, and we've got it down to less than an hour. Um, depending on what kind of setup it is. I mean, and when I say setup, that includes us, you know, getting to the space, finding out where we're going to be setting up, taking a look at, you know, am I on concrete? Am I on grass? You know, are we where we need to be? Because sometimes they position me somewhere, maybe generally like the kid zone or somewhere, but sometimes that's not always conducive. Um, the sun might be coming and it'll be too hot um, just for people to be standing around. So generally it's about an hour from, you know, we get there, we take everything out of the vehicle, setting it up. And then we're kind of like, I take the hoosah. So about an hour, about an hour. You are a master. So so what huh. area do you service the events in? Because uh, you're on, on the eastern side of Canada. So you've got mm-hmm. a big market you could potentially serve. So Where right now, um, yeah, I do um, Ontario. And saying that, meaning I've done um, from you know, Toronto, outskirts of Toronto, going east, west, north, and south. My goal and the plan pre-COVID was to actually start my franchise business um, because I I feel that this is a business that can be, not I feel, I know it is a business that can be across Canada. So the plan is to franchise it across Canada to give um, other moms or women opportunity to own part of the business. Um, that they can, you know, whether it be Calgary, Edmonton, um, you know, going to BC, all the way, you know, all over. There's events everywhere. So, and I can't, as much as I'd like to, I can't be everywhere. So I'd like to just replicate it across Canada and then to license it outside of Canada. So if somebody wanted it in the United States or any other countries, um, we would license it as opposed to being a franchise. So I'm working on that right now. Fantastic. And, and that's exactly the direction I was going because, I mean, one example in, in Calgary, we have the Calgary Stampede. Mm-hmm. And one thinks of that as an event that is really, really tricky for people with small small children. Yes, yes they have the yes. kids' days and they try to promote it. But for things like the nursing and changing and just care for the little ones that don't like the the tremendous noise and they just need a little bit of time to calm down, relax, not become frenetic. It's, exactly. Uh, it's exactly. Pretty. Now, I will say that when I um, ha- I have approached the Calgary Stampede before and on the website, if I'm not mistaken, it does say that there is a space that, that can be done. I don't live in Calgary, so I don't know if that is accurate or, or not. Um, there's quite a few events that I've spoken to or I've looked at their website or had communication and they say they have a space. Mm-hmm. But then when I ask people who are in those cities or in those areas, I say, hey, did you see it? Let me know. Honestly, for me, it's always market research. And I've been told um, that it either isn't there or isn't the way um, I would do it. Isn't the same. I'll say, I'll say yeah. that just diplomatically, meaning, yeah. you know, one thing about my lounges is <clears throat> they're always womaned, meaning I'm, I'm mm. there or I have another woman that is managing it. And the reason why I don't just set up a tent and put some chairs in is because Again, part of the honoring moms or honoring parents or caregivers is that personal touch. Yes. So they'll always be greeted. 
you know, I will greet them and say, good to see you, good to meet you, very happy, you know, how old is your little one? Because what people fail to realize is that there's some parents that don't have any access to a support system. Yes. Or there are some moms or dads that don't have a partner. Mm-hmm. So they're doing this on their mm-hmm. own. They may have a baby and a toddler. They may have two toddlers. It doesn't even matter. Whatever the scenario is, it's always that when you come, I will always greet you, welcome you inside, tell you, you know, you know, if you need to nurse or if you need to, to feed or if you need to change, here is everything that we have for you. Hey, do you need a diaper? I've got that for you. Do you need wipes? Do you need to, you know, here's some hand sanitizer for when you're done. And I will be very honest with you. I've had some some moms um, break down in tears because they've said, this is beautiful. Thank you very much. I was, you know, I was worried that I had to leave or they say, you know, I don't, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. I've heard about how partners don't support them. I've heard things that I, I, when I started this business, I didn't even think I would, but I have, and I'm very happy that I'm, I, I've done it because the, the need is there. And again, parents, need support and that's what I'm trying to do and they're just so appreciative of the fact that you're just there to be that friendly face that welcoming figure to offer a service but also personal as you say it's it's so so different so exactly and and probably welcoming as well in the perspective of no one is going to be unfriendly to each other in that space, you know, (laughs) because you're there, you are the hostess and you're welcoming the person. And and one thing I've noticed is that um, sometimes there'll be like maybe two parents sitting there and they're nursing. And at first they're not talking because everybody, everybody does it a little bit differently. So people, they'll they'll just nurse right there or they'll have a bottle or they'll, you know, have a cover over them. And then it's like, oh, how old is your little one? And then, oh, how old is your little one? And then I see organically, conversation starts and oh do you live around this area oh I do too hey do you want to meet at the park and it's beautiful to watch and these are two people that may live in the same area and they've never met which happens obviously Uh, yeah lots of people but but now they have the opportunity to somebody that they met in a safe space that is sharing the parenting journey here here we are you know so it's it's yeah, the personal touch is something that I'm very very you know I I do enjoy it and circling back to about bigger events um that's something that I'm fighting the fine fight to um try and make it a um a must have as opposed to a nice to have yeah I know makes makes a lot of sense well your perseverance so far is paying off and Thank I you. have no doubt that the franchise model can definitely work because you've proved the way it must be done. You've got the manual, shall we say. Yes. So uh, (laughs) that's pretty awesome. So the, the, the pandemic must have had a dramatic impact on your business since you're in the kind of live entertainment and gathering space. Um, what did it do to you over the last year? Oh, well, it shut me down. There Um, you go. So, I mean, as soon, and it's funny because it was um, maybe about a month, not, no, not even a month, maybe about two weeks prior, I had made all my phone calls to some of my vendors um, that would have events, you know, maybe one or two events in February or March, um, and then the couple from May, and then my ramp up June, July, August, which is normally like every weekend I'm busy. And, uh, 
then it became a, okay, well, let's see what the government said says. And then it was, okay, well, we're postponing our event. And literally, I was shut down. And it's interesting because, again, I was just going to be starting to have, um, fran- like, to work on that franchising, selling franchises. But so it all stopped. Um, and I don't know if you're going to ask me about a pivot, but I'll tell you about my pivot. I would so, be very interested to hear the pivot. <laughs> so I stopped. Um But still with the thought that, you know what, I still have different things that I need to do from a franchise perspective. So, you know, getting my manual finished and just getting my things in in order, making sure that, um, you know, from a legal perspective, a financial perspective, just all the little things, um, still working on that. But then I decided to pivot to vending machines, which was something that I was planning to do maybe this year, 2021. Just because, again, there's when you go to the mall or you go out, there are no vending machines that cater to families. So you can buy pop and chips, but can you buy, what if you needed two or three diapers just, just to tide you over until, you know, because as a parent, if you go into the mall and your child, um, you forgot a diaper or a wipe, you have to go to a, a store, a bigger box store, or even, a you know, the, the cheaper stores. And I'm trying not to call names, just, you know, yeah, legal disclaimers. Yeah. And um, you can't just get one thing. You'll no. have to buy a pack of 24. You'll have yes. to buy a pack of 50. All that, all that different stuff. And I didn't want to have to, the parents to, um, to have to endure that. So I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be really cool if we were able to sell two, three diapers and a, a pack of wipes or a pack of like, just in the vending machine with along with healthy snacks and maybe pacifiers, whatever, whatever, whatever. So again, I started that path got a vending machine, installed it in a co-working space. It was great. Then the next goal, I was going to be in the mall. And I actually had possibility to be in the malls in Calgary and Edmonton as well. Montreal, Toronto. And then we shut down. Oh, no. So So it shut that as well. So the malls. So by the time I was ready to go, everything, everything was getting signed off. We were shut down. Right. So um, I am sitting in a business right now where it's like, you know what? All I can do is prepare for when they say we're clear. You're and in then a I'll holding just, pattern. Yeah. So it, it's been awesome challenging. Yeah, it's, it's been challenging. But again, I know that that model works as well. And yes. so with that model, I'll be licensing um, the baby station vending machines. And, you know, we'll see again across Canada and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, You're going to ha- have a, a problem here as we start opening up again. Where do you focus? I mean, you've got so many activities on the starting blocks ready to go. Okay, so with all the different businesses, um, once COVID is deemed over, and uh, just to let everybody know, I've got the quotation marks over my head, um, the plan is truthfully to work with the franchising first um, as much as I love the idea of my vending machines, I'm more passionate about making sure that I can get the baby station lounges out across Canada, across the world, best as possible. And if they wanted to add the baby station vending machines, amazing. If, you know, it's a side business that they wanted to do, amazing. If things happen concurrently, I'll make it work. But my goal is to do the franchising first. Yeah, it does make sense. Do that one as first priority. Yes. and. You probably find the vending machines will ride along on the coattails. Yes. But um, just make that 
this the second focus. Exactly. So outside of COVID, you must have had some obstacles and challenges along the way trying to build the business up. Have you had any particular secrets or techniques for trying to succeed or unlock the growth? So I, I will I, I'll say this. Um when people say, oh, you, you know, you're the owner, you're the CEO, you're the president of your company, I say, I'm the visionary. And the reason why I use a title of visionary is because I'm looking at it from a perspective of what are we doing and how can I overcome any challenges that come in my way? And one of the biggest challenges I actually had were people saying to me, A, we don't have the budget for it. Mm-hmm. Or my favorite one, there's no need for it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> interesting, right. And I said, well, you bill yourself as a family-friendly event or a family-friendly, you know, whatever the case is, you're not being very friendly to families right now. And then I start spouting um, facts that, you know, when mothers go to events, they're the ones that tend to spend more money. And if you keep moms there at the event for between 15 and 30 minutes longer, you're actually going to get more money out of them for the whole family. So the biggest obstacle, as I said, those are the two biggest obstacles. And I just found that I would just give my facts or say, okay, you know what? That's a choice that you want to make. No problem. But I'm here for you if you wanted to have me for the next year. Um, and I found that, oh, sorry. And I've also, I've also done events when I first started for free just to kind of test out the model and to see if it would work. But after having seen it work and the appreciation from the families, I'm like, I can't do this for free anymore. Even if somebody says they don't have the money because it's a waste. No, that's the wrong word. Sorry. I want it to waste my time, but it's not fair to other organizations that might actually pay for the service and value it and value my time and my experience that I'm bringing to the table as well. So, yeah, so those and are, I would think they work with you better as yes. well. If they want you there, yes. then... Yes. Uh, yes, and I've been very fortunate that I've had some that might have said no one year, but then I came back to them again. And they're like, you know what? Done. And I say, oh, this is my price. Done which has been beautiful because I feel that as women and as as women entrepreneurs, we tend to A, charge less than we should, B, feel very nervous when it comes time to talking about money. And I'm over Mm -hmm. that now. I'm so over that. So if I say my price is $3,000 for the day, $5,000 for the day, you pay me or you don't. If you don't pay me, I don't show up. That's it. And not because I don't want the money, need the money, or don't want to encourage my future franchisees to, to accept what we're worth. But at, at a certain point, we have to be very confident, like our male counterparts, who will ask for $10,000 for the day and will more than likely get it because they just asked. So I'm mm-hmm. asking. I'm saying, this is my set price. Either you take it or don't. And I'm not afraid to walk away. Um I feel that as as entrepreneurs, we tend to feel very nervous to walk away from, um, well, but it's business. But not all business is good business. Not all money is good money. Not all customers are, are the right customers for us. And that's okay. So with that in mind, that's how I've been able to overcome um, some of the objections or some of the, the, you know, the obstacles that I may have found. Uh, that's absolutely fantastic. And and you're very correct that quite honestly, you, you should be pricing for the value. Yes. And by you 
offering it free somewhere you you can be in two places so you are still only one person and you potentially are depriving somewhere that would appreciate and would work with the service possibly pay you even more than right than anyway um and it does make me wonder if there's been any market pull on the service as well where the potential families that would be using the 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 stations have got to an event and said oi where is it so, I want to yes. see it. You know what? So I'll tell you so. What what was a pleasure? What um, literally would have been twenty? Gosh, see, it's so funny. Like now, it's like whoa. We got to think about the years that we were working. Right? We've so, lost a year. <laughs> we absolutely have. So the last year I was doing my rounds of baby stations, I had a family, and this is a beautiful story. So I had a family. I was doing an event, and um, it was a father, a mother, and a baby in arms, and a toddler. And they came by the tent. And, you know, sometimes you look at people and you're like, they look familiar, but I'm not sure. So anyways, they said, hi, we're so-and-so. They said, we were here last year and my wife was pregnant with the baby. And then, you know, we had the toddler who was the baby. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, so good to see you. So they literally checked on the website of the event to see if if I was going to be there. And they came. Then they came and they reminded. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it's such a pleasure to see you. Fast forward to another, the month later or something like that. And I was at another event and they were there and they're like, Hey, because they follow me. Everybody knows that there's any friend that they check that they have a station. They want to come as they, that they come without whatever they need place for the wife to, the wife to um, feed the baby or for the hubby to change the kids diapers. And I thought, this is why I do it because I have families that have been with me on my journey that are very proud to show off the new, and I'm like, I love it. And they take pictures and they put it on their social media or they put it on mine. But the fact that they see the value and they follow me and, and I can't pay for that kind of advertising, you know? Um, and it, it just, it just makes me know that again, this is why I do it. And this is, this is so important. Yeah. I have to question if it doesn't grow the value of those events for right. the, the, the organizations putting these events on. Yes. Yes. Because the, the more well-known you become, the more you're going to attract people. I so. genuinely hope so. And I think, too, post-COVID, I mean, I'm very happy that I've always had that goal. Like, you know, after somebody uses the service, I wipe down the tables, I wipe down the chairs. Like It, it was just something that I did because I have, you know, nice yeah. um, environmentally friendly products Part and I wipe service. everything down. Right. And so now I'm thinking I may actually um, bring in a um, cold, hot and cold water, um, running water sink. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm thinking, I'm exploring it from a cost perspective, but it's fine. It's like, I've been doing all this prior to COVID. So I'm very happy that I've already had that as part of my processes, but now I want to do just a little extra so that when parents, so when I do pitch events or when parents come, they can be very, very confident that everything is done with their comfort as parents in mind and their protection for themselves and their families. So you're not even standing still. I mean, you're doing further development on the model as you move forward here. That is pretty awesome. Very, very great. So now you have been highly successful in this, but there are a lot of entrepreneurs that are not as successful. Are there particular characteristics that you think make some successful where others seem to really, really struggle? 
no is not an answer. No is not the the the, the stumbling block. Um, I find that people, and and I'll be very honest with you, I'm not as successful as I know I should be, not could be, should be, because I've got my own, you know, walls that I'm trying to climb over. But I tell everybody, and I've done, I've been very fortunate to do quite a few podcasts. I say, I have no work-life balance. When I work, I work. When it's time for life, meaning my family, my son, my hubby, um, that's that. Sometimes they overlap because maybe I'll have to bring, my son comes with me to the baby stations. He gives out flyers. I pay him because I want him to understand the value of work of what I'm doing. My hubby gets paid as well because he works with us. But when I'm, when I'm working at baby station, um, my hubby takes my son or they sit down and they play or my son plays. Like it's, there's a clear delineation. When I need to sit down and invoice, I get it done. Um, I don't, I don't cook at home. My hubby is the cook at home, but I also, we, we also order in food. Like we order in a bunch of meals and we feed our son, feed ourselves. I I don't, I don't try and do it all. And I say to some of the moms that come into the lounge, what do you mean you're cooking and cleaning and like, hello, hi. And it's not a financial thing. It's, there's nobody here to impress. The only responsibility you have is to take care of yourself and your baby in that order. So one thing I will say to entrepreneurs is you have to, first of all, figure out you're crazy. Understand that no is just a word and that you have to be able to dip, dive, go up, go down, change your model, pivot. And you have to figure out if you're not going to, if you're going to be like me and say you don't have work-life balance, so you do what you got to do, make sure you honor that and find ways of if you absolutely have to take your child with you, then take your child with you and tell them, hey, you're coming with mommy or daddy because X, Y, Z and make them a part of it so that you're not stressed over them, you know? Um, and and I will say this as well. Is your business, is it a hobby or a business? Because I think the word entrepreneur is bandied about, but people mm-hmm. are really entrepreneurs. They're a business owner or they're a hobby business owner. Um Entrepreneurs are people that, you know, the goal it should be to sell the business and do something else or or you've achieved your goals, either sell it and just relax on the money that you've made. But if you are doing everything all the time and, you know, you're not charging what your value is or the business hasn't progressed, is it really a business? You know, are you a sole proprietor when you should be looking into being an incorporated company because there's different things? Like, are you reluctant to do your taxes because you're afraid? Like, that's not a business person. That's not an entrepreneur. If, if, I hope that I'm making sense. Yeah. Um, so you, ha- you have to decide, what, what am I doing and what are my goals? Like, I have a, a very, very clear that I'm manifesting three to five year plan. I'm hoping to make it in three. But I have a yeah. very, yeah. I have a plan because... I have to now say, where am I with this business? Where do I plan to go? And what happens if I don't achieve that goal at the three-year mark? Am I going to say, I'm going to continue? Or am I saying, no, you know what? Maybe it's not me or maybe, sorry, maybe it is me and I need to either let somebody else run it or I need to just figure out what the choices are. So yeah, that's that's my Very <laughs> that's methodical. My I really do appreciate <laughs> your 
very disciplined approach that, you know, you, you need to make up your mind. Is yes. it a hobby or is it a business? If it's a business, you give it the business focus that it necessitates. And wow, the, the strategic planning and budgeting is the aspect that so many people forget. Yes. They forget that if it's a business, it's got to be planned and practiced according to something. You don't bumble along and just let it happen and then wake up one day and wonder why you've gone insolvent or something or why you've put your entire personal savings yes. into this business yes. and got nothing to show for it. Exactly. So, exactly. no, that yeah. is pretty, pretty awesome. Thank you. So what worries and excites you about our future, either in the business or in, in, in Canada as a whole? So um, I, what excites me is the fact that I get to do this. And I mean, there's some days that I'm like, oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. And why am I doing it? Right. Um, and I acknowledge those days. I, I, I acknowledge them. Um, but what excites me is the possibility of my growth. Um, I, I didn't. I did this obviously because I had a child, but I realized that it's a, there's a hole, there's a space that's for me. And my visionary, the visionary part of me is, says that Canada is, is not as much as we say, excuse me, we're a country that's very progressive and we want to, I'm like, no, we're not because we take women entrepreneurs who have these amazing ideas that are for families or progression and products and whatever. And we say, well, do it this way. And, or we, or we say, well, we have a chunk of money, but it's a very small group of money because we're really going into tech or Bitcoin. And there's space for everybody. But I find that here in Canada, we are so slow. Like I'm almost afraid that if I take my business to the States and promote it to the American market who are amazing at marketing, and that's the thing, they're, they're great at marketing and they're not afraid to file for bankruptcy under their yeah. business, right? Yeah, they do so it as a cycle. So, so if it's not working, they let it go and they try something else. So I'm excited about my growth and my potential, but I'm worried about the fact that I'm limiting myself just trying to get Canada on board because it, it's like, do you not get it? However, I'm confident that I will get franchisees and I am looking, um, I don't know if my lawyer will like me saying this, but I am looking for a lot of women to want to become franchisees and franchise mm-hmm. owners so that um, I can have them help another set of women. Like I just want us to to own something for ourselves, honor each other, help each other because it does take a village. So let's make this village work and get paid for it as well. Yeah, and, and help each other along the road, which yes. I see so much of in the woman entrepreneurs. They're very much there, not cutthroat. Yes. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a village. They try to help each other, promote each other's businesses, give each other suggestions for success exactly. along the way, exactly. which, is, which is really, really awesome. So as we leave the podcast, do you have any thoughts you'd like to leave the listeners with? Oh, boy. I think I left a lot of thoughts. So thank you for letting me ramble. Pretty awesome. Thank you. I'm appreciative. Um, I, I, you know, I do go back to what I just said. Is it a business or is it a hobby? And if it is a hobby, okay, own it. Own it and do it the best you can and be appreciative for all the moments that you're you're going to have with that hobby. 
But if it is a business, understand that just because you have a great product or service, that's irrelevant. It, it, it really is because I could be selling, you know, lounges where people can have their dogs come in and have some water when you're at events. The thing is, is that I'm, I've invested my personal money to making sure that I've marketed my business properly, that I've, um, I've, got a, I've got an accountant, I've got a bookkeeper, I've got a lawyer. But I did that because I realized that if I want to grow, I need advice from people that aren't Google. Um, advice right. from people who get paid to do this. And it hurts. Like I, I, I'll be very, when I see the bills sometimes for my lawyer, who's the best guy, he's the best lawyer ever, or my bookkeeper, or my attorney, um, sorry, my accountant, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to pay these bills. But guess what? That's me not making mistakes that I, that will cost me more money. So again, if you are serious about your business, take it seriously, ask for help, pay for said help. And, you know, enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, if you're doing it just because somebody told you, well, you know how to cook or you know how to do this service, you know, like do it, but it's your heart really isn't in it. Don't do it. Life is too short. Um, you know, post COVID, I told all my friends, I said, hey, as soon as we're able to travel together, I'm going to call a resort and book about 10 to 20 rooms. And we are all going to go and spend time together, reconnect enjoy each other. You have to be able to do that. There has to be fruits of your labor that you enjoy. So enjoy the journey um, as much as you can, because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. No, so, so true. And and at the end of the day, I think that's one of the things that we unanimously have missed during COVID is that social interaction. So the more we can promote it or just be together, but together safely um, would make an awful lot of sense. And once again, your heart is in what you're doing at that time. You're fully dedicated to the social aspect of re-engaging with, with friends and associates versus working versus family time if that's what it, it should be at that particular moment so well thank you very much for spending the time with us this thank has been you. absolutely awesome how can listeners contact you if they want to learn um, more and potentially those franchisors or get you into some of our events where we yes. need those stations yes yes yes, yes. so um, website is www.babystation.com and it's spelled the French way because we are a bilingual country, B-E-B-E station.com. Instagram, I'm very much, I'm in love with Instagram. So on Instagram, I'm also Baby Station. And if you wanted some information about the vending machines, it's both on my website or on Instagram, it's Baby Station Vending Machines. Long, long word, but that's what I got. It works. Yes. And um, I am very much contactable Instagram. I will respond back right away. And if we need to have a phone call or anything like that, I'm all my contacts are there and I'm very much available. And I do encourage anybody that is interested um, to become a franchisee. Everything is open right now, like meaning any territory that you'd like in Canada, it's open. So holler at me. I'm ready to take ready to make this work. It's a good time for people to start chatting and, and learn about it. That is awesome. And thank you very much. And I will link uh, the addresses in that 
up on the show notes page so that people can find it if they're listening on the run or just <laughs> interested in circling back and touching base to Thank have you. a chat. Thank so you. thanks very much for making the time to join us today and to teach us about such a fantastic business that you've been running silently in the background to a certain extent for so many years. And good luck on the next phase as we emerge from COVID. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Had a great time. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing. And download the Financial Growth Scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook.